Well, g'day, guys. Welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast, being brought to you right here from Scotland. Yep, that's it. We're here. We are on the ground and uh, here to play some golf. Well, we've already been doing a fair bit of that. Um, it's great to be here. It's great to be talking to you from Scotland, the home of golf. And in the short space of time that I've been here, it is clear to me to see why this place is well and truly the home of golf. The courses are packed. There are so many people here playing golf and enjoying, you know, what's still some great weather. Um, it's fantastic to see. And and as someone in the golf industry, as someone who is passionate about golf and trying to, you know, bring golf content to the people that choose to listen, it's awesome to see so many people from so many different parts of the world out here playing golf. Now, I'm here on a family holiday with... Uh, Mrs. My Love of Golf, and we're here for a wedding, and we're staying with some family, so it's not your atypical, you know, golf holiday, and, um, you know, with having a, a non-golfing partner here, you know, you have to balance up the, the golf and the, the family time and the personal time, and um, and that's not an issue, it just means that, uh, you know, I'm not here on one of the, what I think is a typical, you know, golf tourism type holiday and and the ones that I've seen and and the buses that you see in the car parks of the golf courses you know tend to be full of guys and girls mixed groups all guy groups all girl girl groups that are here for a you know blast of golf you know they it's a it's a 5 day journey it's a 10 day journey or even longer but it's just golf 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 so I've spoken to a handful of guys already uh, in the short time that I've been here, most of them are doing like 36 holes in a day. Uh, they're combining playing with some of the top-level Tier 1 courses. You know, when I say Tier 1, you know, let's talk about open rotor courses, um, you know, bucket list courses. Some would consider quite expensive courses for, you know, visiting international green fee players. And they're mixing that in with... Um, you know, some more accessible courses. So they're doing mixes of golf courses that are just abound this place. I think there's over 500 golf courses. I think there's more golf courses per capita in the small nation of Scotland, which is still five to six million people. Um, more golf courses per capita than anywhere in the world. It's so accessible. And the way they do it here, they do it right. And the key part about golf, and I think Scotland has taken the lead in promoting golf as a game and acknowledge the fact that this country has a job to do in keeping golf alive. Golf is not going anywhere, of course, but keeping it alive, I mean, you know, keeping it, keeping it on the tips of everyone's tongue in the golf fraternity when anyone thinks about Scotland, they think about golf. Whenever anyone thinks about golf, they think about Scotland. And they do it so well. How do they do it well? Well, really, you can get access to most of these top-level golf courses. They're not private hideaway holes. Yeah, sure, there are a couple, couple of courses like that as there are all around the world, but there are a couple here, but most of the courses that you want to play that are on these top 100 lists globally or the UK uh, golf top 100 list, most of them you can play. Yeah, and we're talking about 
St Andrews, the old course. We're talking about Carnoustie. We're talking about North Berwick. We're talking about uh, Turnberry. We're talking about Troon. You know, most of them you can get access to varying degrees of cost. You know, you, you pay for what you get. If you want the best golf course, you will pay for it, but you can get access to it if that's what you want. If you don't want to pay that level of golf, you know what? The great thing is, and that's probably where I come in, is you can get access to what I consider is first-class golf at what isn't really first-class pricing. And where I am right now, I'm at Craigie Law Golf Club. And if you followed my Instagram and followed um, the podcast, you would have or may have heard me mention that I've joined Craigie Law Golf Club as an international member. Now, I'm here for, you know, about three weeks. So my plan is to play golf every couple of days. My plan is to practice. My plan is to use this time, which is the only time that I've had off in a couple of years, to make the most of it from a golfing sense. So the practice part was very important to me. And Craigie Law, as do many courses around here, make it very easy for you to join as an international member. They recognise the fact that there are people like me that will come on a yearly basis or a, every 18 months that want some form of golf home in a destination like Scotland. They want a place to call home. And I've met a number of people that are from different parts of the world that do have international golf homes. Royal Donock is a popular place with uh, our American colleagues. They like to be able to go and play Royal Dornock when they come to, to visit Scotland and I can see why. I've not played Royal Dornock but you know, from what I know of it, places like that are very popular destinations and people want to be part of something. People want to feel some ownership and some connection with the place. Now for me, it was just a no-brainer. The cost that I would have spent coming down here and playing and paying to play as a, as a visitor well, the value of that was far usurped by the value of becoming an international member where I can come and play whenever I want. I've already played in, in a medal with some fantastic members on Saturday. Um, one of the members who everyone knew was actually an Aussie, funnily enough. Um, there are some great facilities here at Craigie Law. Full driving range. Now we're talking about driver length driving range, clearly marked 100, 150, 200 yard targets, target flags out there, target greens out there, you know, a real f proper practice facility. And that's rare to get at a golf course um, in this part of the world, being that the nature of the place is so old, being that the golf courses are traditionally so old, you know, you might get a couple of nets. So to find a place that is in the heartland of, you know, one of the key links golf areas of Scotland and there are numerous and if I'm telling people you know what they already know well I'm sorry but you know I hope you enjoy the Scotland content anyway but if you haven't been to Scotland and are thinking about it you know there are a number of golfing regions in here all of which you could probably dedicate an individual golf trip to this particular region that I'm in is East Lothian it's about a 20 minute drive from Edinburgh it's very very accessible you can basically jump off the air jump off the plane at the airport, jump straight onto a ring road, a freeway, and be down to this part of the world, which is surrounded by about 10 courses in about 30 minutes. 
from the airport. It's fantastic. So I'm here at Craigie Law and I've joined. They made the process very, very easy and very, very affordable. So to have a range um, is quite unique and I've probably hit 400, 500 golf balls already in the five days that I've been here. Now, why is there a range here and such a big facility, including a six-hole par three course? Well, it's a new course. It's 20 years old. Craigie Law was brought into existence because golf was growing. So there was access to some far- what was some farming land. It's part of a, a parcel of, a massive parcel of land, to be honest, of land that's controlled. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but it's um, managed, maintained, controlled, owned by the Earl of Weems. Now, that's an aristocratic title that goes back centuries. And I think the current Earl of Weems is a 71-year-old um, businessman who lives in England, but he is the Earl of this part of the world, uh, and he is the landowner of the land that this golf course sits on and the land that the next golf course sits on and I think some others. It's a, He has a massive estate right across the road with a massive Neolithic uh, architectural style house and and that's what happens in this part of the world you know there are lairds and various degrees of aristocracy that have title and own land and places like Craigie Law Golf Club pay rent to the traditional landowners so we are on land owned by the Earl of Weems the 13th Earl of Weems um and Craigie Law Golf Club is built on what was farming land. Now, as a golf course that was built on farming land, it is not your atypical link-style golf course. Why isn't it an atypical link-style golf course? Well, t- traditionally, a, the link-style golf course, and you think about the home of golf St Andrews, you think about some of the other links courses that you've seen, You know, they're predominantly made up by the natural landforms that have been there for centuries. Very little uh, impact by the architects. The architects are the land. And, you know, the uh, the old Tom Morrises have just gone around and, you know, mapped out holes, cut fairways, placed um, drain pipe-sized holes in the ground and mown greens. And they've let the, the lay of the land be the dictator of what the golf course is. Now, here at Craigie Law, they've had to build a golf course on farming land, but they've used all of those key contributing factors that make up a links to build what I consider a very, very fine golf course. So it's link style. Pot bunk, you know, so when we say link style, what do we have? We have pot bunkers, sod-faced, uh, revetted pot bunkers, all up and down the fairway, all around the greens. We've got small target type greens. Now one of the key features is most of the greens here are small and raised. So that provides plenty of challenge. If your iron game isn't on point, you're not hitting the centre of the green, you're hitting the side of the green and with the undulations on the green, you're more than likely to find some trouble. You're more than likely to roll off the edge, roll into either a, a chipping area or a pot bunker. And then you've got to have a, a strong short game. Not my strong point, as most of you know that have listened to the podcast. But the layout of the course, it's you know a great mix of par fours. It's a great mix of very, very good par threes. I think that's the strength of this course. 
and basically you have a, a view of the Firth of Forth, which is a body of water. So for those of you that don't know the Firth of Forth, envisage Scotland, envisage where Fife is, Fife is where St Andrews is, and envisage East Lothian directly across the water. Well, there's a view of the water on pretty much every hole. Now, it's not on that traditional lynx land, and it's traditionally uh, lynx land is basically on the water, separating the farming land. So Craigielaw is separate from the water by about two fairway widths, and I'll explain why why that is in a moment. Um, what else do we have here at Craigielaw? Well, great staff. The people here have been very, very welcoming. Um, all of the staff that I've met since coming down and picking up you know, my membership pack, which basically just consists of a membership disc and a nice welcome letter. Um, staff have been very, very accommodating. Food's very reasonably priced, and they have an accommodation wing. So there's 23, 25 rooms here, great size rooms. I'm staying in one tonight, which was part of my package of joining as an international member. I get a number of nights accommodation. Uh, my father is visiting from Australia at the same time as us. He's staying here. We've been out for dinner tonight, had an absolute wowzer of a time, and it's great. So the point of me going on about Craig Law is to tell you that it is a fantastic course. It's not one that many have heard of. It's not one of the big-name Lynx courses, but it's certainly well worth putting on your golfing trip map when you come to East Lothian. It's a great place to stay and base yourself from, and it's a great course either to warm up with. It's easier to do 36 in a day, very conveniently located. So it's a good one to be uh, to have on the map. In terms of uh, titles and championships and, and players that have played here, there are it's known as a breeding ground for talent. So going back to... Uh, 2005 Walker Tup, Walker Walker Tup, it's late. Walker Cup team, uh, Lloyd Saltman, who was a junior from this area, he was on the Walker Cup team. Um, so that's a name that most people know. Uh, Grant Forrest, current uh, European P, uh, PGA Tour player, he's from Craigie Law. And a young lady who's making her way on the LET Access Tour, Gabrielle McDonald, who's from Edinburgh, she's also a member of here. So it's a little bit of a, a talent ground and uh, they like that. It's also this year's home for the Scottish Senior Open, which was played about three weeks ago. So on the back of that, the course is still in fantastic condition. It's been sensational grass-growing uh, climate conditions here, a bit of rain, pretty good weather, and the grass has been growing absolutely phenomenally. Um, but they had the Scottish Senior Open here, which was won by former Open winner Paul Laurie. He was pushed right to the end by Aussie's uh, very own Peter Fowler. And um, talking about grass growing, so those of you that know the links, and I apologise again, you will know what this is all about, fescue grass. If you've played at Barwon Heads, if you've played at 13th Beach, if you've played at Port Ferry, if you've played at Barnboogle Dunes, Cape Wickham, you, know, you will know what... Um, fescue grass is you know what it feels like to hit off in a golfing sense there is no purer feeling than a beautifully struck shot with an iron or a wedge off some fescue grass when 
you see those little divots, those perfectly formed divots fly when you're watching the open. That's because they're playing off fescue grass. The grass comes up and it's very well formed into the turf base and it just flies off. Most courses here don't have sand buckets. The grass grows very quickly over the divots and the staff fill them in. So there's no sand buckets here. And, uh, you know, if your divot falls out and you can get it back, just pop it back in and away she goes. It really is a beautiful surface to hit off. Now, unfortunately for us in Australia, certainly in the northern states, fescue just isn't suited. It needs cooler climate. It needs some water. So that's why in Australia, you've only, you'll only see it in a few courses and the ones that I named previously. If you get the chance to play at 13th Beach on the beach course, you will experience what fescue is all about. I, you know, when I played there uh, a couple of times this year, didn't really realise, it wasn't until I had a, a chat with a member at the end, and I said, geez, my wedge game was very good off the grass here. There was something different about it. And still stupidly not knowing that it was fescue, he turned around and said, what's fescue? I went, yep, yeah, of course. And then immediately thought about, that's why it felt very linksy. That's why it felt very, you know, Scotland and Ireland golf-like. So if you're in Australia, get down to 13th Beach and you will feel what fescue is all about. So the benefit about playing golf over here is everything's fescue and it's just fabulous. So back to Craigie Law, great place, put it on your list. Now I said that this area is adorned with a stack of golf courses. The ones that you will know in this East Lothian area, if you want to, uh, you know, sort of familiarise yourself with this region, think about Muirfield, back on the open rotor. Think about North Berwick. Now, to me, North Berwick is the St Andrews of, of this side of the Firth of Forth. We'll talk more about those courses maybe next week. But right now, next door to Craigielaw, when I mentioned that Craigielaw is separate from the water by about two fairway widths, it's those two fairways of a course called Kilspindy, which is separating Craigielaw to the water. So wrapped in around the coastline, around Craigielaw, is this great golf course called Kilspindy Golf Club. That's K-I-L-S-P-I-N-D-I-E. Now, if you haven't heard about it, don't, don't worry. I'd heard about it, but I'd never really given it much of a thought to come and play. And I've been coming down to this area for golf for an, a handful of years. Gullen, the town of Gullen has always been, you know, one of my go-to destinations, probably the only go-to destination really, not one of them, the go-to destination for me, primarily because of the access. It's easy to get to from Edinburgh. And I always have played Gullen number two. Gullen number two is the more affordable of the three courses in Gullen, uh, it's not quite the same level as Gullen number one, which is predominantly their championship course, but I always came to play Gullen number two. Maybe I didn't go and play Gullen number one because I was too tight. I don't know. Typical Scott. But I would drive past the town of Abilady, and as you get through Abilady, you turn the corner, there's a little left and a right, and there's a, there's a sign, a small driveway, one car width, that goes off into the distance down towards the water, and there's a sign that says, Kill Spindy Golf Club. And you look at the sign and you think, can't be a golf course of any recognition or significance because surely it would have more than a 
arrow sign and a very small driveway, it looks like looking like a country lane, if it was something of more significance. So I've spent you know, maybe three or four trips driving past Kilspindy Golf Club entrance. So it wasn't until I come to Craigie Law and see this golf course on the other side of the beautiful stone walls, which were once the boundaries of the farming land that I told you about, these beautiful stone walls and our features of both golf courses featuring on about six or seven of each of the two courses holes. Kilspindy is right next door to Craigie Law. And it is a pure Lynx golf course. Several holes along the the shoreline. So, you know, think about beach on the right, fairway on the left, wind blowing from either direction, changing, can be into you, can be against you, can be across you. Think about holes like that. Think about par threes where you're playing across the beach to, you know, greens tucked in to a back knob. Proper, proper links. So basically the, the, the man-made elements are the bunkers. You know, the pot bunkers have been strategically positioned, be- just provide a beautiful aspect to the course, a beautiful, a, a links revetted bunker, just as a beautiful work of art, just contrasting between fescue fairways, you know, the revetted dirt face, the, the, the sand. It's just a beautiful contrast that the humps of and the shadows that fall from the humps of the bunkers and the, the swales in the side of the, the greens. They're just beautiful um, shapes. If you have a look at my Instagram stories, you'll see a few of these shapes that I'm talking about. But Kilspindi is that traditional links where the greens are pretty much on top of the, the, the form of the land. Um, not too many man-made adornments and they're just beautiful holes that just run up and back and around and it was one of the most fun courses to play. Now I mentioned how I you know, was a little bit slow in discovering the course and I'd have to thank uh, the guys and in particular Eric Anders Lang for helping not only me but helping a number of people discover this great Lynx course. Now Eric was part of you know, who does Eric, if you, most of you know Eric Anders Lang, of course, how could you not? But if you don't, Eric's part of uh, Scratch TV, so he brings us Adventures in Golf. It's a great series on its own. But about a year ago, September last year, um, himself and his friends were here on, um, and it was called the Unofficial Guide to Scotland. And they basically won a competition to come and promote and highlight Scottish golf from all of the parts of Scottish golfing areas. And Kilspindy was one of the early courses that they played. And it wasn't until this time that I really got a look at Kilspindy and it dawned on me, that's the course with the small sign that I've been driving past for the last three or four visits. How silly of me. So the guys had a great time. Eric's just been back here recently when the Scottish Open was on and uh, had a round with Tom Doak. You can check that out on his YouTube channel. So there's two uh, pieces from Killspindy with Eric Anders Lang. So my my content can bring you half a dozen photos and, and a bit of discussion. Eric's content brings you some well-shot video. You can see the lay of the land. You can learn a little bit about the course and the people. And uh, which leads me to Random Golf Club. So yesterday when I turned up at Kilspindy, 
I went to Mr. Skegg in the in the uh, pro shop. He's been there for since he was a boy. He's got a pro shop. Maybe if if it's five meters by five meters, it's it's an office. Not your traditional pro shop you would think about that you would might think of. Um, he asked me, "Am I playing by myself?" I said, "Well, I've just booked by myself." He took my um, green fee, so the full green fee is sixty pounds. Um, he took my green fee, and he says, "There's a chap around the corner from America. He's also looking for a game. Would you like to play with him? If so, I'd like to in- introduce you." Of course, I would. So. Off, he, off we go. He takes me around to the tee and I get introduced to David from Chicago, a fine financial planner who was visiting Edinburgh with his wife and daughter. They had just come down from the Cairngorms where they had watched the uh, Highland Games. So they saw a guy from the Czech Republic win the Cabotos. They were fairly impressed by that. He thought on his last day of uh, his ho- Scotland holiday, he would come down and play golf. And he just happened to be at Kilspindy. He was here on a recommendation from someone else. But another chap that was on the tee sitting, sort of looking across who I approached, I said, who are you? Would you like to play with us? He says, my name's Peter. I'm from Holland. I said, jump in. So there we had our little random group, three strangers that met on the tee that took off hitting their seven and eight irons off the first tee. First, first hole at Killspin is a par three, nice little par three. Off they went to play three and a half hours of golf together. Now, Peter, from Holland, Peter was travelling in his very own um, recreational golf vehicle, RGV, uh, Peter Koenig, um, Patrick Koenig style, uh, travelling around Scotland for two weeks playing golf. Now, he had also chosen to come to Kilspindy because he learnt about it through Eric Anders Lang's video. So here's a couple of uh, couple of guys that are playing this course together, talking about this great video that they've seen that really formed the inspiration for them to come and play this Lynx golf course. It was so much fun. It was a great afternoon playing with great people. It was so random. And to me, that is one of the most enjoyable parts about turning up and playing golf here in a place like this where everyone is here just to experience the golf. Now, where are the members? The members are out playing. I spoke to some members that were playing in the group before us and the members still get to play. And you know what? They're more than happy to give up their tea times or have allocated tea times for visitors. There's around 28,000 rounds per annum played at Kilspindy. So imagine the revenue that that generates for this course and the club. It's phenomenal. But the best thing was we were one of the later groups, so we got into the club. I chose to have my standard staple drink here in Scotland. If you haven't already guessed, it's called Iron Brew. That's iron with an I-R-N, I-R-N, Iron Brew, B-R-U. It's an orange-looking, fizzy soft drink. Uh, I can't describe the taste. It doesn't taste orange. It has some orange flavoring about it. But it has taurine or it has, I will actually find out what it has in it, but it has another ingredient in there which doesn't make it taste like orange, but it looks like orange. And Scotland is the only country in the world where they have a national soft drink that outsells Coca-Cola. That is a fact. When Coca-Cola put the map up of the countries where they are number one, the whole world is red 
except for Scotland, where it's orange, the colour of iron brew. So I was in the bar having an iron brew with Peter from Utrecht in Holland, and two local voices pipe up. Where are you from, boys? Peter says, Holland. He was already talking to them. And I, I said, where's the big man from? Turned around and said, I'm from Australia, mate. Me strongest ochre accent. And they go, oh, all right, Australian. One says, oh, my son's living in Australia. I said, oh, fantastic. His name's Ross. Do you know him? I said, well, no, my name's Ross too. But no, I don't know him. But uh, I'm sure we could meet him. <laughs> If uh, if he was a golfer and uh, he came into the city, we could meet no problems. Anyway, the two guys were at a laugh a minute. It was like finishing a round of golf and walking straight into a comedy show. Some of the stories that they were telling about the goings-on between the members at Kilspindy just proves that you know the Scots are just a, a race of people that are very dry, sense of humour, very, very funny, very quick-witted, very sharp, uh, very self-deprecating, good to have a laugh at themselves, but very quickly able to have a laugh at someone else's expense too if they uh, are so deserving of a laugh being made of them. So we got story after story from uh, from these guys and it was just four of us sitting in, a, in the very small and understated and very old clubhouse just having a chat about golf and about our countries of origin and about uh, funny stories. And it was really cool. Now, the clubhouse, as I said, is understated. That's one of the other key features about golf in this part of the world, that there are so many people playing, but the clubhouses are so simple. You know, they're, they're old. They've got some very nice period features. They're not mansions. They're not big monuments to golf and golf wealth. They are a place where you can have a drink in comfort, with your colleagues and your friends and your family and enjoy it. There's no super high-end tapware. I'm sure there are places like it, but the majority of these courses are old and they've got old small clubhouses. And you know what? They're absolutely perfect. Why, why suggest that? Well, I can't change anything. I'm not going to change the size of the clubhouse at Peninsula Kingswood. It's just brand new. It's massive. I'm not going to change the size of the clubhouse at Woodlands. It's massive. Or Commonwealth. It's massive. They're all very nice. Could they have achieved the same thing a little bit smaller? Maybe. Maybe not. I'm not the expert on that. But the, the golf courses here, very modest clubhouses, very functional and very, very enjoyable when you've had a round with some people from another side of the planet. It's just very cool. So, guys, that's about... 20-odd minutes on some uh, golf here in, in Scotland. I'll definitely bring you an update on my other golf adventures. I have some very, very special golf courses planned. Also have a trip to the Solheim Cup planned on Sunday, the final day of the Solheim Cup, hoping that uh, for a Europe win, hoping that it's still close come Sunday. And I've got to say a massive thanks to uh, Bushnell and Paul McLean for reaching out. He knew I was here in Scotland. He was going to be up here hosting some of his Bushnell uh, clients and he reached out and said, would you like to come along? And I said, absolutely, I would. So, Paul, thank you very much uh, and thank you to Bushnell for allowing me to join you up there on Sunday. I did double book around at uh, Royal Aberdeen, 
So the Royal Aberdeen round's been cancelled and I'm off to the Solheim Cup. I missed out on the Ryder Cup at Glen Eagles. I had tickets to the Ryder Cup at Ryder Cup, Ryder Cup at Glen Eagles in 2014. I couldn't go because I just started um, the golf venture. So uh, this will be a nice little uh, way of you know getting some of the vibe that the Ryder Cup would have been with the, the ladies. I can't wait to see the girls play. I've been watching um, the young lady Van Dam and watching her hit the practice balls and she just looks sensational. So I can't wait to see... Uh, the young lady Van Dam, the young local girl um, Hannah Darling play. She'll be a fan favourite. She's had a great series of form and uh, she's a good, great captain's pick. So looking forward to that. Now, while we're talking about professional golf, like me, you would have seen the Matt Kutcher gate. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Matt Kutcher. I'm going to say it. he preferred his lie. He improved his lie at the European Open on the weekend. He was in a wasteland. If you don't play at a golf course with a wasteland, I'm lucky at Peninsula Kingswood, Mike Cocking and Mike Clayton have put in about 10 or 15 wastelands, and they're beautiful. They're so appropriate. They're big sandy bunkers, but they're, they're not bunkers. They're wastelands, and as such, you're allowed to ground your club in there. And, of course, you're allowed to move loose impediments, as you are now in bunkers. That's part of the rules of golf and the changes this year, that in a bunker you can move a loose impediment like a stone or a stick. Previously you weren't allowed to. Well, in a wasteland you've always been allowed to move loose impediments. What you can't do is improve your lie. So what that means is you can't get your fingers and clear out a bit of soil underneath your ball so you can get your iron in there. You can't pick up grains of sand and move them. Now, when I watched that video of Matt Kuchar, he's not done himself any favours. He's not done himself any favours all year, basically. But, and in fairness to him, you know, he was using the rules and his access to the rules to his advantage. And some would say, well, there's no problem with that. These guys get the rules used against them and not to their advantage plenty of times. So, you know, it should be within their right to use the rules to their advantage, and and that's fine. But there's part of it that's within what I consider the spirit of the game. So watch the video. Just Google Matt Kucha video, and it'll come up in the first search. And Matt is moving what I consider to be grains of sand. And he runs all the way around the ball. So basically what he's ended up with is a little groove around the ball, around the front of the ball, around the back of the ball, around the side of the ball, by removing not sticks or twigs or pebbles, but grains of sand. And he had a, a, a rules official watching um, all this time. So I have no idea what was going on, but it wasn't a great look. So, Matt, you've had a great year golfing-wise. You know, you've had some strong results. You'll, you know, you'll be on the President's Cup team, but you haven't had a great year of winning fans and as uh, Rocket would say he gave you a name two drops well, I don't know what his name would be can't, we can't get Rocket on the line just yet we'll probably bring Rocket into the podcast next week when we do an update he would be very disappointed he would be laughing he would be not very happy with Matt Kuchar and uh, he'd probably have a new name for him anyway by now 
So Matt Kucha, no good, mate. He missed the cut anyway, so it didn't help. What I was impressed about were the first and second place getters at the European Open. Now, I didn't get to see any of it. Where I'm staying, we didn't have access to, uh, to Sky, so I couldn't see the golf on TV. But I was very pumped for uh, Paul Casey. I'm a Paul Casey fan. I like the way that he was you know, playing his best golf a number of years ago. He had a bit of a form slump, and he's pulled himself back out of it, and he's probably in career best form at the moment. So it was great to see Paul Casey win. Um, the other thing was fabulous to see is the golfer from Scotland that I brought to the My Love of Golf podcast, Yes Rocket, I'm going to claim that because I did give you him as an outsider tip for the Open when it was at Royal Port Rush, and that was Bobby, wee Bobby McIntyre. Robert McIntyre, the left-hander from Oban, has one of the sweetest golf swings you've ever seen. His stocks continue to rise. You know, not only did he... Um, I uh, forget the name of his playing partner that he called out for not yelling four at the Open. But uh, not only he, he finished in the top five, it was a great finish. So he finished second. Um, he was probably in with a chance to win. It was our wee Bobby, but uh, didn't quite get it done. But he will be a winner within the next 12 months, mark my word. Bobby McIntyre, you heard it here again. The Scots that are listening, they already know. But the Aussies, Robert McIntyre or Bob. He's on the front cover of Bunkered magazine. I don't know if we get that in Australia, but it's uh, it's everywhere here. He's on the front cover and he's the next Scottish golf hero. So, guys, that's that's it for me for the moment. Thanks for tuning in. I think that's must, this must be episode 35. And as, as I say, it's just a solo one. It's, uh, it's probably not the easiest thing that I've ever done, these little solo podcasts. Happy to take your feedback and... The reason I was doing this is because a lot of people reached out to me and said, you know, they'd like to be updated on, on the trip and, and where I've been playing and, and what's been happening and, and what the experiences are. And, and that's great. And that was really uh, pleasing for me to hear that. As I say in closing, if you haven't been to Scotland, put it on your holiday golf trip destination list. Um, maybe just make it a golf trip and just pack as much golf in as you can and just you know over index on the golf because it's uh it's a really special place and there's so much golf you can do as i said the areas are abundant when i was talking to mrs my love of golf she said we should plan a couple of days away while we're here just you and i and let's do no golf no visiting golf no golf destinations where would you like to go? And basically, everywhere that we talked about going, you can't go without having one of the country's best golf destinations flung in your face. She said, what about we go over to Mole, Mole of Kintyre? You know the song, Mole of Kintyre? Um, well, over there, there's Dunavity. There's Macrahanish. There's Macrahanish Dunes. Um, what about we go up uh, up north, up through Perthshire and up through Loch Lomond? Well, of course, there's Loch Lomond and Blair Gary. Blair Gary was the home of the the uh, Junior Ryder Cup a couple of years ago. Uh, 
The other day we went up to Dundee. I said, let's go up to uh, Broughty Ferry, which is a beautiful little coastal um, town. Well, of course, it's about a three-minute drive from Carnoustie. So <laughs> I was driving. Next thing we pull up in the front of a, a golf club, she says, where are we? I said, oh, we're at Carnoustie. I'm just going to buy a, ball, a golf ball mark. I hope you don't mind. Well, of course she didn't mind. But <laughs> it made her realise that there's not too many destinations that we can visit on day trips or overnight trips where there's not a fabulous golf destination. And the road between the town of Broughty Ferry and Carnoustie, which is about 10 minutes, what I didn't mention is you drive past Monofeith Links, you drive past Panmuir Links. Once again, if you go to Eric Anders Lang's YouTube site, you will see Monofeith and Panmuir. So within a 10-minute drive, you've left this little town and gone past and driven to three links. One of them happens to be an open venue of a world-class proportion. So 500 golf courses, a massive golf tourism business, it's you know really doing its bit for the, uh, the golf promotion of the world is Scotland and uh, Golf Visit Scotland, um, whatever the bodies names are I should find out my cousin works for for the Scottish government so I should find out but um congratulations to all of you hey guys thanks for tuning in wherever you're listening from Maryland in the states California in the states quite a few downloads from California coming in appreciate that if you're in the UK if you're in Ireland if you're in Australia if you're in Victoria New South Wales Queensland Western Australia South Australia Northern Territory Tasmania all the ACT I really appreciate you tuning in. Rocket, I hope you've listened this far and start preparing some questions on Scottish golf for me for the next week's podcast. Rocket's in Adelaide working, so we couldn't get him on, so it's just me, but uh, I'm promising that I'll bring Rocket back to you next week and he's probably going to fire off some questions for me which I'll uh, hope to be able to answer. Anyway, that's it from me for now. Appreciate your support. Thanks very much. Thanks for tuning in to the My Love of Golf podcast. See you next time.